Hello, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to everybody. It's uh, good to see you here today on this bright, sunny Sunday morning. I have spent most of the last two weeks in the desert, so I'm going through a little culture shock right now with seeing everything so green and wet around here. Uh, But we welcome you and glad that you are here with us this morning. We welcome our guests especially today and uh, hope that God's going to bless you in a very special way. I see a very special guest on the back row from a different century. Uh, a few announcements. First of all, let me remind everyone to fill the uh, fill out the attention uh, the attendance uh, pad on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to fill that out for us, so we can have a record of your attendance with us. And go ahead and check in on your phone. Uh, let everybody know that you're here today. <coughs> and we have a, a, a couple of uh, special announcements we need to call to your attention. First of all, um, the security team will meet for just about 15 minutes right after the worship service over there somewhere over there look for Christine and uh, so that'll be for just about 15 minutes after the worship service and apparently I I just got word there's supposed to be a women's march or something today uh, and that has been cancelled because of the uh, because of the uh, weather I don't know anything about that I just was just told that so I I just got it back in town yesterday so I'm sorry Um, but a couple other things that are coming up vacation Bible school is coming up pretty quickly. We're, uh, it's going to be June the 3rd through the 6th, and we are hosting it here at Community Baptist Church. You know that we we uh, share this with uh, First Christian and St. Paul's Episcopal Church and the Presbyterian Church. We all get together and do uh, Vacation Bible School together every year, and we move it around from church to church each year. And this year, it is our turn to host it. And uh, there there will be a trainer, a training lead I'm sorry, a leadership training uh, event immediately after the service, well, at 12.30 today. Uh, so I, I promise you I won't go to 12.30. Um, but it'll be at 12.30 today, and uh, lunch is provided. So if you'd like to help in Vacation Bible School, then please hang around uh, uh, for this meeting at 12.30 this afternoon, and we'll, we'll feed you lunch. And we, we also need some more volunteers. We're doing pretty well with volunteers, but we need some volunteers in the nursery. So if you would like to help in the nursery, please see uh, Kim Hall or Teresa Steele, and they will sign you up for this week to work in the nursery. Uh, also, on Wednesday this, of this week, we're not having our regular Wednesday activities. We're not going to be doing our, our, um, uh, our dinner or our Bible study on Wednesday night. Instead, we're going to come back here on Thursday night. We're going to be doing a potluck uh, dinner on Thursday night at 5.30, and then we're going to hang around for uh, uh, an evening of music presented by Terry Womack and the back, the back door, back porch pickers. I'm sorry, it's been a while since I've done this. <laughs> the back porch pickers, and, uh, and, and it, it's, it, this is just for fun. This is not going to be a great revival musical or any gospel singing stuff. You'll probably hear some gospel, and you'll probably hear a lot of stuff that's not gospel. <laughs> 
So it's just going to be a fun evening. So come and and join us for that on Sunday evening. Um, Thursday. 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 Stand up and greet each other.
the Alpha and Omega. You are the beginning and the end and all in between. You alone see the world without the boundaries of time. Those of us who live with the burden of time measure our days and count our hours. We consult our calendars and manage our moments. Help us, O God, to overcome our tendency to confuse busyness with holiness. O God of new beginnings, O God who is making all things new, come into our world today. We invite you to come into our lives. Transform us, O God. Empower us to begin again in whatever ways we need. Help us to overcome the struggles of our past and to live into the, into the beautiful possibilities of what is now. We pray for the governmental leaders in our country and all across the world. We especially pray for their work that crosses geographic boundaries and countless other human-constructed boundaries that separate us from one another. Help them and us to be advocates of peace, to be seekers of the common good. And we pray for those today who we know to be in need. We entrust them to your care. Help them and us to find healing and wholeness and avenues of ministry. Holy God, here in this sacred place, remind us of who we are and who you are. By faith, allow us to trust that we are created in your image and we have been welcomed into your family and we will never, ever be alone. Help us to take this wonderful truth, O God, and allow it to open our spirits up to the transforming power of your love today. For we pray this in your beautiful name. Amen.
be seated. Thank you. And children, will you come down front for our children's time, please?
If you'll please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing this church family together. Please help us do your best work in our community, and please bless these offerings and help us to do the right thing. In your name I pray. Amen. Scripture this morning comes from the book of Revelations, chapter 21, verses 1 through 5, if you want to follow along in your Bible. It's on the overhead if you want to follow there. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. The first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. This is the word of the Lord.
Good morning. Good morning. Are you ready for this? I might be. The song I'm going to sing is called The Voice of Truth. And I'm a little bit hoarse. I've been playing for two hours this morning at another church. But uh, I'll get through it. But I do want to say there is one voice that talks to me every day. And that is my wife. We celebrated our 43rd anniversary yesterday. would do to have the kind of faith it takes to climb out of this boat I'm in onto the crashing wave step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is and he's holding out his hand but the waves are calling out my name and they laugh at me Reminding me of all the times I tried before and failed The ways they keep on telling me Time and time again, boy, you'll never win You'll never win So truth tells me a different story The voice of truth says do not be afraid But the voice of truth says this is for my glory Out of all the voices calling out to me I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth What I would do to have the kind of strength it takes to stand before a giant, just a sling and a stone, surrounded by the sounds of a thousand warriors shaking in their armor, wishing they had strength to stand. The giant's calling out my name, and he laughs at me. Reminding me of all the times I tried before and failed The giant keeps on telling me Time and time again, boy, you'll never win you never win But the voice of truth Tells me a different story Voice of truth Says do not be afraid The voice of truth Says this is for my glory Out of all the voices calling out to me I will choose to listen and believe The voice of truth I will choose to listen and believe I will choose to listen to believe 
of my sermon, if you haven't missed it, is listening to the wrong voice. That was the right one, by the way. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate that. And happy anniversary. (laughs) What a blessing you are to each other and to us as well. Thank you. Do you like stories of buried treasures? Here's one that you may not have heard before. According to legend, back in the 1870s, outlaw Jesse James and his gang stole millions of dollars worth of gold bullion from a Mexican general. And the men uh, proceeded to bury their treasure somewhere in the Wichita Mountains of Oklahoma. Rumor had it that Jesse scratched a secretly coded map on an old bucket and left it there as a marker. And one source says that after Jesse's death, his brother Frank bought a farm near Wichita, or near the Wichita Mountains, and he spent the rest of his life looking for that treasure. But he never found it. Sometime in the 1950s, a local man did dig up a bucket and some picks that were buried in, in his field in those mountains. And the bucket did have some markings scratched on it, but so far nobody has been able to make any sense out of the code on that bucket. And so Jesse James's treasure still remains buried somewhere in Oklahoma. Now, if any of you decide to head out to Oklahoma to search for that treasure, all I ask is that you remember to tithe to the church. (laughs) But speaking of of looking for a treasure, I want to suggest to you that, uh, that someone may be here today looking for something that you don't even know that you're looking for. Um, maybe there's a restlessness in your life or some undefined longing. And I hope that when you leave here today, you'll be able to say, that's it. That's what I'm looking for. Well, let's think about today's lesson from the book of, of Revelation that Sybil read a moment ago. And I want to kind of hone in on one phrase in the last verse. Behold, I make all things new. Wouldn't it be great to have God do a new thing in our lives today? Well, according to our lesson for today, God is in the business of making all things new. It's kind of like a man who was selling an old warehouse and the, and the building had been empty for a long time and you know, you know how buildings are when they sit empty for a while. It kind of falls into a state of disrepair. The windows were smashed. There was graffiti written on the walls and trash was, was all over the place. And so as, as he was showing the, the property to a buyer, a prospective buyer, he told the man that, that he would replace all of the broken windows and repair any structural damage and clean out all the garbage before he would sell it to the man. But the buyer just smiled at him and said, oh, forget about the repairs. When I buy this place, I'm just going to build something in completely different, something completely new. 
I don't want the building. I just want the site. And that's what God does when God does a new thing in our lives. God starts completely from scratch. And He builds from there. We see in the Scriptures at Lystra, there was a disabled man there who could not use his feet. And so God used the Apostle Paul to give this man new hope and and a new life, a whole new life. Paul looked at the man and he said in a loud voice, Stand up on on your feet. And the man jumped up and began to walk around. He was given a great gift, the gift of of a new and improved life. He was a a whole new man after that. And of course, Paul himself knew what it was like to be made a new person. Before Paul became Paul, he was Saul, the dreaded persecutor of Christians. And when he met the resurrected Christ, he became Paul, the dynamic preacher and missionary. New teachings, new life, new hope, new beginnings, new direction. And that's what the gospel is all about. We can be a new person. Behold, I make all things new. So what is it that prevents, uh, prevents real change from taking place in our lives? Well, I think it kind of comes down to two small voices that keeps, that keeps speaking into our ears from, our, from deep in our consciousness. The first voice is a voice that tells us that we're too good to change. We're too good to change. We may recognize that our lives are not really all that they should be and our families are not all that they should be and our relationships with other people are not all that they should be. But we're not ready to pay the price of change. We're getting by. We're coping. Let the rest of the world change to accommodate us. Michael Slater tells about a team that was at the beach with his friends one day, and, and he gets caught in the un- undertow, which is, can be a, a kind of a dangerous thing there. And in and, and, and quick order, he became, uh, he, he got in trouble. He was in trouble. He was struggling. But he doesn't call out for help. But luckily, a lifeguard sees him struggling and swims out to rescue this teenager. And when he asked the teen, why didn't you cry out for help, the young man responded, well, what would my friends think? Some of us may have that voice within us that says, I know I need to change, but I can't ask for help. What would my friends think? Some of us have a voice within us that is saying that change is for other people, not for us, not for me. We're good enough. We're strong enough. We're capable enough. And so we miss the joy of, of a new life because we listen to that voice within us that says that we're too good to change. But there's another voice within us that speaks to many of us, and that voice tells us that we're too bad to change. I won't ask any of you if you've ever bought a self-help book or... or gone on a diet or made a New Year's resolution that you haven't kept. 
But what is it that defeats so many of us when we try to make a meaningful change in our lives? Isn't it that voice within us that says, you can't do that. You don't have what it takes. You never see anything through. You're irresponsible. You're a bomb. You'll never make it. For some of us, there's that voice in our head that, that keeps saying to us that we're, good to, we're too good to change. But for many others of us, there's another voice that says that you're too bad to change. And we need to quit listening to either one of those voices. Some of you will remember the Broadway musical called The Man of La Mancha. It's based on the great story written by Miguel de Cervantes called Don Quixote, which a certain Spanish professor required me to read in college. Yeah. Kay Gardner, you know who she is. Well, Don Quixote meets a woman with low moral standards and and even lower self-esteem. Her name was Aldanza. And he tells her, you will be my lady. You remember the story of Don Quixote. He was kind of an idealist. He's he's kind of out there and he tilts at windmills and, and sees things that are in a wholly different way. And, and so this woman, low moral standards, low self-esteem, he says to her, you will be my lady. And then he gives her a new name, not Aldonza anymore. He calls her Dulcinea, which roughly translates my sweetheart. Well, when he does that, she just laughs at him. And, and, but he keeps affirming her all through the play. He keeps affirming her and declaring her to be what he wants her to be. And then later when she appears on the stage hysterical and disheveled and after having been raped, she again hears the voice of Don Quixote saying, My lady, my sweetheart. But her response was, Don't call me your lady. I was born in a ditch by a mother who left me there naked and cold and too hungry to cry. I never blamed her. I'm sure she left hoping I'd have the good sense to die. Oh, don't call me a lady, she screamed. I'm only a kitchen slut, reeking with sweat, a strumpet men use and then forget. Don't call me a lady. I'm only Aldonza. I am nothing at all. And as she runs off... The stage into the night, Don Quixote calls after her. But you are my lady Dulcinea. And then at the end of the play, a much older Don Quixote is dying. He is scorned. He's been laughed at his whole life. He's rejected. And then suddenly there appears at his side a woman who is like a Spanish queen. She is beautiful and proud. And when the old man asked her, who are you? She responds, don't you remember? You called me your lady. You gave me a new name. My name is Dulcinea. 
My friends, there are two voices within us. One tells us that we're too good to change, and the other one tells us that we're too bad to change. But what we need to hear is God's voice saying to us, Behold, I make all things new. The affirmation that Don Quixote was giving to Dulcinea is the same kind of affirmation that God gives to us. We are that important to God. God always sees in us what is good and what is possible. As someone else once once put it, if we were the only person in the world, Christ would still have given His life for us. God loves us that much. R.L. Middleton once told about a man who had a beautiful estate in, in England on the Yorkshire coast from which one could see a great distance in any direction. And so the man took his daughter and they climbed up to the top of a high hill on their property and the man, intending to teach his daughter an important lesson, said to her, I want you to look up. And she looks up. And he said, look down the hill, down the mountain there, and, and then look out, see what you can see, and turn around and look behind you. And then he said, my dear, just so high and so deep and so wide and so broad, that is the love of God for you. She learned an important lesson that day that she would never forget, but she also taught her daddy one that he would never forget. Daddy, she said... If God's love is so high and so wide and so deep and so broad, then aren't we living right in the middle of it? Ah, from the mouths of babes. What a difference it would make if we really believe that we are living right in the middle of God's love. My friends, God loves you and God wants to do a brand new thing in your life. We're never too good to change, nor are we ever too bad to change. But how does God make all things new in our lives? So I think, I think it, He does it by giving, giving us three gifts, by doing two, three, uh, three things for us. God gives us a new confidence. And God gives us a new perspective. And God gives us a new dream. Let's think about those gifts from God for just just briefly this morning. What a huge change would take place in our lives if we could have a new confidence. Confidence in ourselves and confidence in God. What a difference it would make in our lives if we could wake up in the morning, every morning, and, and say, truly, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. If we could live openly and honestly with the belief that God is with us every step of our lives, what a difference that would make to the way we live our lives. You ever watched a basketball player when he gets really hot? You know, just just really is on fire. You know, it's, uh, having a great game, and and that player just gets the feeling that everything he touches is going into that basket. You've seen that. I know you. You, Y'all are fans. (laughs) And guess what happens? 
that confidence turns into success. It kind of builds on itself. And that's what God's transforming power can do for us. So start each day with that positive affirmation. God is making me into a new person. I ain't there yet. But God is making me into a new person. God is with me. And God gives me new confidence. But God also gives us a new perspective. You know, one of the greatest gifts that we can receive is the ability to kind of step back from our lives and look at our lives more realistically, more objectively. It is so tempting for us to be defeated by those inner voices that tell us that we can't. It's so common for us to exaggerate the difficulties that we confront in our lives. And we, we blow things all out of proportion. I mean, how often do we feel like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me? When in reality, from an object, objective point of view, we realize that, man, it's just kind of a minor setback. Maybe this is one of the most blessed benefits of prayer. Because you see, when we spend time alone with God, it helps us to develop this new perspective on life. A perspective that allows us to reflect on the things that are going on in our lives rather than just react. So God gives us a new confidence and a new perspective. But God gives us more, one more thing that I think is important to our passage today. And that is a new dream. You know, all of our lives are shaped by dreams. Our dreams. And the truth of the matter is that most people get out of life exactly what they want. The problem is knowing ourselves well enough to know what we really want. Really? You're thinking, surely I know what I want, but do you really? Let me give you an example here. Maybe somebody, someone wants to be a great musician. We have some of those in our congregation. Jacob, did you practice the piano? You did? She practiced. <laughs> she practiced. Maybe somebody wants to be a, a, a great musician, but he doesn't want to put in the time to practice. You see, what he really wants is more leisure time, not to be a great musician. And that's what he gets. And then he learns that an excellent teacher has moved to town. What a great opportunity, he thinks. And, but he's too timid to pick up the phone and, and, and to call this teacher. You see, what he really wants is not to be a great musician, but to avoid hard work and rejection. He says his greatest desire is to be a musician. But that's not what he wants. And so the question is, do you know yourself well enough to really know what your deepest desires are? What's your deepest desire? What's your greatest dream? Wouldn't it be great to be liberated from those inferior dreams that clutter our lives? Behold, 
I'm making all things new. You remember that old TV show called Hee Haw? Yeah, I understand Grandpa Jones is from these parts around here, so. One of the stars on that show was Lulu Roman. Lulu grew up in an orphanage. Her greatest dream was to be adopted and to have a family of her own. She remembers sitting in her closet in the orphanage crying every time a car pulled away with another child. You see, nobody ever came for Lulu. Lulu had a thyroid problem and was a heavy child, which made her a target for bullies. She started taking drugs to escape the pain of loneliness and and rejection. In fact, she was high when she auditioned for Heat for Hee Haw. And as the show grew in popularity, Lulu's addiction grew worse. And finally, they kicked her off of the show and told told her to kick to uh, clean her life up. And about that time, she discovered she was pregnant. She was bitter, she was angry with God, and she felt there was no way that God could love her. She was listening to that voice inside her head that said, you're no good, you can't do it, you're too bad to change. Well, Lulu's son, Damon, was born with some serious health problems because of her drug abuse. And and when the doctors told her that Damon wouldn't make it, Lulu says, I I can remember lying in that hospital bed trying to pray, but I was so mad at God that I didn't have anything to, I didn't want to have anything to do with God. And the only thing I knew to say was, yo, dude, if you're real, I'll make a deal with you. If you let me have my baby, then I'll straighten up and stop doing drugs and I won't do anything except what you want me to do. Well, a few days later, Damon's condition improved, and Lulu ended up taking Damon home from the hospital. And not long after that, she ran into an old friend from the orphanage named Diane that that she grew up with in the orphanage. And Diane had become a Christian, and she wanted to share her faith with Lulu. Lulu resisted at first, but Diane said, just listen to me. Let me tell you that Jesus is real, and let me tell you how He's changed my life. So Lulu did listen, and she prayed to receive Jesus into her heart and to make Jesus her Lord that day. And she says that at that moment she found the love that she'd been looking for for her whole life. She lost her desire for drugs, and when the producers of Hee Haw saw how Lulu's life had changed, they asked her to come back onto the show. And now she uses her fame to share her testimony with people all over the world of how Jesus completely changed her life and how the love and the grace of God had given her a new life that she at one time thought was impossible. My friends, many of us have been listening to the wrong voice. We've been listening to that voice that says, you're too good or you're no good. You're not good enough to be loved by God. 
Folks, we need to shut that voice off in our heads. We need to listen to the voice that wants to encourage us. That wants to remake us. We need to listen to the voice of God whispering into our ear. Behold, I make all things new. And I can make you new as well. Amen. Let us sing our closing hymn. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. And let this be the prayer of our lives, that we would turn our our eyes upon Jesus. That we would look into His wonderful face. Because when we do that, we know, we can see the love in His face. And we know that we are loved by God. We will know that God is with us every step of our lives. And we will hear God saying to us, I can make you new. Let us sing. Together we shout for justice, and as one we fight against oppression. 
May we dream of a world made new where together we seek God's righteousness and as one we sing God's praises. May we dream of a world made new where together we climb God's mountain and as one we enter into the promised land. May we dream of a world made new where together we proclaim the good news of God's kingdom and as one we enjoy its peace and abundance and love. Go in the grace of God. Amen. Amen.